are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. After today's reading, if you would like to discuss it with others who are reading and listening and following along, I invite you over to Facebook, to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. And there, you'll be able to share your own insights and interact with other individuals. Let us now thank the Lord for the life of Venerable Maria Vagrida and ask that we might imitate her in her virtuous life. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria Vagrida. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her... May we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Amen. Today is day number 93 And we are going to finish reading from the introduction to the second volume today. We'll be reading paragraphs 22 to 32. 22. Take notice, continued the voice, O soul of the greatness of this benefit, for the mother of thy spouse and the queen of heaven adopts thee anew for her daughter, receives thee as her disciple, and assumes the place of a mother and of a teacher toward thee. Through her intercession dost thou receive those special favors, and they are all granted to thee, that thou mayst write her most holy life. On this account thou hast been pardoned without thy merit, and that which otherwise thou wouldst not have reached has been conceded to thee. What would become of thee, O soul, if it were not for the mother of mercy? Thou wouldst already have perished. If her intercession had failed thee, poor and useless would have been thy works. If, by divine condescension, thou hadst not selected to write this history, but the Eternal Father chose thee for his daughter in view of this work and for a spouse of his only begotten Son, and the Son received thee to his close embraces, and the Holy Spirit selected thee for his enlightenments. The document of this contract and espousal is written and imprinted on the white parchment of the purity of Most Holy Mary. There, the finger and the power of the Most High have written it, The ink is the blood of the Lamb. The executor is the Eternal Father. The tie which binds thee to Christ is the Holy Spirit. The bondsmen are the merits of the same Jesus Christ and of his mother. For thou art but a vile worm, having nothing to offer, and being expected to give merely thy free consent. 23. So far the admonishing voice which I heard, although I judged it to be that of an angel, yet whether such it was, I could not ascertain clearly for I did not perceive it in the same way as at other times. Such manifestations and disclosures accommodate themselves to the dispositions of the soul at the time of the reception, as, for instance, it happened to the disciples at Emmaus, Luke 24.16. Many other experiences I had in order to overcome the opposition of the serpent against the writing of this history, but it would draw out this introduction too much to mention them now. I continued my prayers for some days, asking the Lord to govern and direct me in order not to make a mistake, and representing to him my incapacity and timidity, 
His majesty persisted in exhorting me to ordain my life toward all purity and the greatest perfection, and in urging me to continue in it after having begun. And especially the queen of the angels intimated to me her will many times, and with great sweetness and tenderness commanded me to obey her as her daughter, and write her most holy life, which I commenced. 24. To all this I wish to add the security of obedience. Without saying anything of that which I had heard from the Lord and from his most holy mother, I asked my confessor and superior what he would direct me to do in this matter. He answered by commanding me under obedience to continue and to write the second part of the history. Finding myself thus compelled both by the Lord and by obedience, I returned again to the presence of the Most High, where I found myself one day in prayer, and renouncing my whole self and recognizing my insignificance and liability to err, I prostrated myself before his majesty and said, My Lord, my Lord, what wishest thou to do with me? Whereupon I received the following intelligence. 25. It seemed to me that the divine light of the blessed trinity showed me my own self full of poverty and defects, and severely reprehending me for them, furnished me at the same time with the highest doctrine and salutary directions for a perfect life. And for this purpose God purified and enlightened me anew. I became aware that the Mother of Grace, Most Holy Mary, standing before the throne of the divinity, was interceding and pleading for me. With such assistance, my confidence took new life, and profiting by the clemency of such a mother, I addressed myself to her, and spoke to her only these words, My lady and my refuge, consider as a true mother the poverty of thy slave. It seemed to me as if she heard my prayer, and speaking with the Most High, she said, My Lord! I wish to receive this useless and poor creature anew as a daughter, and adopt her as my own. Truly this was the act of a most liberal and mighty queen. But the Most High answered, My spouse, for such a great favor as this, what does this soul bring in return? She does not deserve it, being a useless and destitute worm, and thankless for our gifts. 26. O wonderful power of the divine word! How shall I describe the effects produced in me by this answer of the All-Powerful? I humbled myself to the depth of my nothingness, and I was filled with the knowledge of the misery of creatures, and of my own ingratitude toward God. My heart sank within me, in sorrow for my sins, and in the desire of obtaining the unmerited happiness of being the child of that Sovereign. I raised my eyes, full of dread, to the throne of the Most High, and my visage was transported in fear and hope. I turned toward my advocate, and desiring to be admitted as her slave, since I did not merit the title of daughter, I spoke from the bottom of my heart, without forming any words, and I heard the great lady say to the Lord, 27. Divine Lord and my God, it is true, this poor creature has nothing to offer to thy justice, but I offer for her the merits of the blood which my most holy son poured out for her, and which I present also the dignity of the mother of the only begotten son, which I receive from the ineffable kindness, all the works which I performed in thy service, and having borne him in my womb, and nourished him with the milk of my breast, and above all I offer thee thy own bounty and divinity. I earnestly entreat thee to consider this creature as my adopted daughter and disciple, for whom I will stand security." Under my guidance, she will amend her faults and perform her works according to thy pleasure. 28. The Most High, may he be eternally praised for hearing the petition of the great queen interceding for the least of his creatures, yielded to these prayers, and immediately in the joy of my soul I felt immense effects, 
such as are impossible to describe with my whole heart. I turned toward all the creatures of heaven and earth, and not being able to contain my exultation, I invited them to exalt for me, and with the author of grace. It seemed to me that I addressed them in the following words, O ye inhabitants and courtiers of heaven, and all ye living creatures, formed by the hand of the Most High, behold this marvel of his liberality and mercy, and bless and exalt him for all eternity. Since he has raised from the dust the most vile of the universe, and has enriched the most destitute. He has honored the most unworthy, though he is the highest God and the powerful King. And since you, sons of Adam, here see the poorest orphan succored, the greatest sinner pardoned, issue forth from your ignorance, raise yourself from your listlessness, and renew your hope. For if his powerful arm has assisted me, if he has called and forgiven me, all of you can hope for your salvation." And if you wish to assure yourselves of it, seek, seek the protection of the Most Holy Mary, ask her for her intercession, and you will find her to be the mother of ineffable mercy and clemency. 29. I turned also to this most exalted queen and said to her, I, O oh my lady, now I do not call myself an orphan, since I have a mother, and a mother who is the queen of all creation. I shall not any more be ignorant since I have a teacher, the mistress of divine wisdom. Not poor, since I have as Lord him who is master of all the treasures of heaven and earth. I have a mother who protects me, an instructress who teaches and corrects me, a mistress who commands and governs me. Blessed art thou amongst all women, wonderful among all creatures, admirable in heaven and on earth, and let all confess thy greatness with eternal praises, since it is not easy or possible for the least among creatures, the lowest worm of the earth, to give thee any return. Receive it from the divine right hand and in the divine vision, where thou standest in the presence of God, enjoying thyself through all eternity. I shall remain thy acknowledged and bounden slave, praising the Almighty as long as my life shall last, since his liberal mercy has so favored me, as to give me my queen as my mother and teacher. Let my loving muteness praise thee, since my tongue has not words or terms adequate for doing it, for all of them are strained and limited. 30. It is not possible to describe what the soul feels during such mysterious favors. They were the source of great good to my soul. For immediately I was made aware of a perfection of life and of works for which I failed to find terms. But all this, the Most High told me, was given to me on account of the Most Holy Mary and in order to write her life. It was intimated to me that by ratifying this blessing, the Eternal Father chose me to manifest the sacraments of his daughter, that the Holy Spirit poured out his light and inspirations, that I might declare the hidden gifts of his spouse, that the Most Holy Son appointed me to manifest the mysteries of his Most Pure Mother Mary, and in order that I might become capable of this work, the Holy Trinity enlightened and bathed my soul in a special light of the divinity, and the divine power touched up my faculties as with a pencil, furnishing them with new habits for the perfect execution of this work. 31. The Most High also commanded me to strive to imitate with all my heart, according to my weak powers, all that I should understand, and write about the heroic virtues and the most holy operations of the Heavenly Queen, guiding my life according to her example. Knowing how unfit I am for the fulfillment of this obligation, the same most kind Queen offered to me anew her favor, help, and instruction for all that the Lord commanded and pointed out to me. Then I asked for the blessing of the Most Holy Trinity, in order to begin the second part of this heavenly history. 
I felt that all three persons of the Godhead conferred their blessing upon me. Issuing from the trance, I sought to wash my soul in the sacraments, and full of contrition for my sins, in the name of the Lord and of obedience, I set myself about this work for the glory of the Most High, and for His Most Holy Mother, the ever-immaculate Virgin Mary. 32. The second part comprises the life of the Queen of the Angels, from the mystery of the Incarnation to the Ascension of Christ our Lord into Heaven, which is the principal and the most important part of this history. For it includes the whole life and mysteries of the Lord Himself, with His passion and most holy death. I wish only to remark here that the graces and blessings conceded to Most Holy Mary in preparation for the Incarnation began to flow from the moment of her Immaculate Conception. Already at that time, in the intention and the decree of God, she was the mother of the Word. But in the measure, as the realization of the Incarnation drew nigh, the favors and gifts of grace continued to increase. Although they seemed to be all of the same kind in nature from the beginning, yet they continued to augment and increase. And there are not terms new and varied enough to equal in their significance these increases and advances in the blessings conferred. Thus, it becomes necessary in this narrative to measure all by the infinite power of the Lord, who giving much retains enough to give infinitely more, while the capacity of each soul, and especially the soul of the Queen of Heaven, is, in its way, infinite, being able to receive ever more and more. And this happened with the soul of Holy Mary, until she arrived at a summit of holiness and participation of the divinity, to which no other creature has attained, nor will ever attain in all eternity. May the Lord himself enlighten me, that I may follow up this work according to his divine pleasure. This concludes our reading today for day number 93. We concluded reading the introduction to volume 2. We read paragraphs 22 to 32. One of the things we realize as we finish this introduction today is how God called Maria Vagrida to do this work, and how God continued to encourage her and inspire her. God has given the call. She responds to it. As she struggled, as we heard in the earlier sections of the introduction, she says here, Many other experiences I had in order to overcome the opposition of the serpent against the writing of this history, but it would draw out this introduction too much to mention them now. I continued my prayers for some days, asking the Lord to govern and direct me in order not to make a mistake. Here's the thing. God has called each one of us to great tasks. Maybe not as great as the task of writing such a magnanimous biography of the Blessed Mother, but God calls us each and every day. And so that serpent that was trying to prevent Maria of Agreda from doing this also is in our lives trying to prevent us from doing the will of God and following what he wants us to do. And so we should continue our prayers. We should ask the Lord to govern and direct us so that we might not make a mistake in our life. What Maria does is something that we also can do. Also, we heard, and especially the queen of the angels intimated to me her will many times and with great sweetness and tenderness commanded me to obey her, so forth and so on. I was really caught by the words, intimated to me her will many times. God can intimate his will to us. The Blessed Mother can intimate an inspiration to us. And what does this mean? 
It means just like myself the other day, as I was praying before the Blessed Sacrament, I was not thinking about this particular topic at all. But as I was meditating, as I was praying in the presence of the Lord, well, something came to me. And this was the second time that this inspiration had come. The first time was a few years ago, actually. And so now this inspiration returned. And I couldn't help but think that this is the Lord who is intimating this to me, saying, this is what I want you to do. The reason why you haven't accomplished the other task was because you were trying to do it, but this is what I want you to do. So sometimes it's being aware of that small, still voice of God deep within our hearts, how God is intimating to us, speaking to us. So then Maria Vagrida is in prayer. She's praying to the Lord, and she says, I prostrated myself before his majesty and said, My Lord, my Lord, what wishest thou to do with me? Well, do we go into his presence? Sunday after Sunday, as we go into the church, we say, Lord, what is it that you wish to do with me? Do we ask him for that direction? I think we can take our cue here from Maria of Agreda. She's doing the right things. And now as we read these things, they inspire in us action to follow God's will, to follow his promptings in our life. And then Maria Vagrida relates to us what she believes the Blessed Mother prayed to Almighty God. And so Mary is praying to God on behalf of Maria, praying for Maria. That that was a unique insight that we gain here in the introduction. We ask the Mother of God to pray for us. We might light a candle. But have you ever thought about, well, how does Our Lady then go to the Lord Jesus? How does Our Lady go to the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit? What does she say on our behalf? My son, look on your servant Edward. This is what he's going through right now. He needs your help, and I know that you have done all of these things for him. But what else, dear Lord? Help him in this moment. Maybe that's what she prays. That's something for us to imagine. How is it that Our Lady speaks about us to Almighty God? Having finished the introduction now, we'll be moving into these different aspects of the life of Jesus and Mary. Tomorrow, as we begin chapter one, we're going to be looking at the events of the nine days preceding the mystery of the incarnation. And so this is going to be a wonderful treatment as we get to really know the Blessed Mother, as we really get to understand the Annunciation, that first joyful mystery that we reflect upon. That's tomorrow. I'm Father Edward Looney, and I am so grateful that you have joined me for the mystical city of God in a year. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.